Hello, I'm Kieran Lynch, and welcome to Overcast, the Chocolate Sheep Podcast. Each episode, we bring latest insights, advice, and technical updates for the sheep industry. In this episode, I'm joined by Michael Gosling, Head of Sheep and Chagas, to discuss mineral supplementation in sheep blocks. It's a common practice on many farms during the season, particularly during the summer period. Michael starts by discussing some of the findings of a recent research study that's looked at this in a bit more detail. Look, at, I suppose there's lots of minerals out there, and um, when we look at the function of minerals, um, you know, there's lots of minerals that have important functions in the body, but by and large, there are you know, relatively few minerals that we see significant, have significant impact in terms of, of animal performance issues. And look at, from a sheep point of view, uh, the main ones are things like zinc, um, copper, iodine, selenium, and probably the most important one um, from a lamb performance point of view is cobalt. And I think, you know, for the vast majority of people, if they're wondering about mineral deficiency, um, the one that we probably need to look at is cobalt first. Um, th- look, there are exceptions to that in some of the hill areas and sandstone soils, you know, with maybe very high molybdenum area, uh, areas as well. You could have copper showing up and very often um, copper deficiency, those signs are, are, are very obvious um, because we end up with lambs with sway back and things like that. Um, but by and large, for most people, it, it, it ends up being cobalt. There was a recent research project looking at this in a bit more detail and survey of what the deficiencies are. You might, you might just allude to some of that results. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Kieran, uh, uh, Daniel Hessian, uh, under his supervisor, Tim Keady, um, based out of Athenry, looked at mineral deficiency on Irish sheep farms. Um, and that involved basically uh, looking at survey, doing some extensive survey work where they surveyed farmers as to what they were doing, what they were supplementing with, and what the advice was that they were or why they were supplementing. And it also looked at uh, they had a, a large number of farms dotted all around uh, Ireland where they took herbage samples and blood samples from sheep, and they looked at the, the kind of herbage profiles for the different minerals, the main minerals, um, and they looked at, at blood profiles as well in, in supplemented and unsupplemented sheep. And I look at, I, I, I mean, the main findings um, from that one would be in terms of, of just the reason why people supplement. Um, from the survey work, what they found is that 69% um, or seven out of every 10 sheep farmers um, supplemented their sheep uh, with minerals at some stage. Um, and and then they were asked, they asked those people basically, why were they supplementing? And was it based on any scientific evidence? Okay. And in 35% of the cases, so 22% of the farmers who, who said that they surveyed did that based on laboratory uh, analysis. So they had some laboratory analysis of either uh, sheep tissue um, or herbage. Um, 13% did it based on veterinary advice. And they were asked whether that veterinary advice then was based on laboratory analysis. And 30, 30%, roughly 30% of the veterinary advice uh, was based on laboratory analysis. And when you take all those figures together, what it, what it means is basically 65% of the people that were surveyed and that were supplementing their sheep were doing it not based on any scientific, either laboratory or veterinary advice. 
And again, farmers were asked why they were doing it. And by and large, most people were, were, were supplementing with minerals um, over 30% because it was a tradition, something that they had always been doing, maybe something that their father had been doing before them. Um, the next, you know, the other important factors there that uh, made people supplement or, or that triggered the decision for them to supplement was, you know, the availability of the product, a salesman um, coming into the yard or, or, or somebody in a, in a, in a, a sales outlet um, pushing a particular product um, or, you know, neighbours or other. So there was other, obviously, advertising and things like that. So, okay, look at, I, I suppose the from our point of view, Kieran, the important thing there is that 65% of the people who spend, you know, quite a lot of money on mineral supplementation and even more, if you look at the time, that's involved in supplementing animals. You know, the, the time is money as well, um, and effort in, in 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 treating and supplementing animals are doing it really with, you know, very little kind of scientific evidence that there's a benefit from it. Um, you know, they haven't got a laboratory advice or or veterinary advice um, on what to do that. And I suppose, look at that's that's a little bit of a concern. I suppose in, in terms right. of you know, are, are we wasting money and minerals there? You know. And your comment on the team is interesting because there is a bit tied up with it too, but it is quite widespread out there. There's a lot of supplementation going on. Maybe if we, if we just approach from the point of view of what they're actually targeting on these farms. Okay, so I mean, what we're trying to achieve really, I suppose, in terms of, of going in there, is we're trying to maintain or maximise animal performance. So we're tr trying to prevent ill thrift or poor animal performance, whether that's reproductive performance in sheep, in the yos or, or, or thrive in the lambs um, by them being deficient in a particular mineral, okay? And again, look at, to go through the minerals from a lamb performance point of view, by and large, it's cobalt we're talking about. If we're looking at, uh, you know, fertility in yos, it's, it's probably, you know, selenium iodine, you know, probably lots of things can have an effect there, even maybe even copper and things like that. Um, so what we're really trying to do is, is, is go in with a mineral when it's required to prevent poor performance by virtue of a mineral deficiency. Um, so so cobalt, cobalt in particular, like in lambs, how, maybe you just explain us how it works and why it has such a big impact. Yeah, so cobalt is basically used by the the bugs in the lamb's stomach, in the rumen. So the rumen basically is the stomach into which the grass goes and it's regurgitated and the lambs chew the cud. And inside in that rumen, there's billions and billions and billions of bugs that basically break down the grass um, for, uh, for the sheep. They help the sheep to digest the grass. And those little bugs, they use the cobalt to manufacture vitamin B12. They synthesize vitamin B12 in the rumen and that's very important for, for sheep. So when we talk about cobalt deficiency, it's really vitamin B12 deficiency because the sheep themselves probably don't need an awful lot of cobalt. It's the B12 thereafter. And the bugs in the stomach will manufacture that B12 from them if they have a supply, a constant supply of cobalt. And the one thing that came out of, again, the work that Daniel Hessian and Tim Keady did was that if we, when we looked at the minerals across all the farms, and obviously there's huge variations between farms, depending on soil type and location and all that type of thing. But the one that showed up that was 
really deficient in 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 a lot of the farms was cobalt. It was the most um, you know if you looked at the graph, the one that was consistently under the line, particularly during the summer months, um, was cobalt, um, and that's probably the main one that we need to look for in in um, in in um, uh, to prevent ill drift in lambs. And really, I suppose the thing about this is that the cobalt, because it's used in the rumen, um, having a good supply of cobalt in the blood or in the liver or anywhere else is really no good to the bugs because they need it in the, in the rumen. They need a, a constant supply of it coming in with the grass that they can use basically to synthesize um, this vitamin B12. And for the, that's the reason why we're saying we need a continuous supply um, of cobalt going in there so it either needs to be going in in the feed in the water you know in some sort of a bolus that is retained in that area um, you know and, and it needs to be available um, at the rumen pH whatever pH the rumen is at so generally if animals are on a grass only diet the rumen pH is quite high it's above six um, well above six and in that case the cobalt need, really needs to be in either cobalt ionic cobalt which is pure cobalt or cobalt sulfate form formulations now if the if the uh, lambs are eating quite a bit of meal um, so they're getting creep feed or or, um, or, or or concentrates with the grass then the rumen pH will be a good bit lower and the how low it will go will depend on how much meal they're being fed and at the lower pHs maybe some of the other cobalt formulations um, can kick in if they're in the room and, and become available if the cobalt becomes soluble in those formulations. Okay. There's a few points there Mike we might tease out a bit more. Obviously look you raised the issue there of um, circulating levels of blood not, aren't necessarily a good measure maybe you raised some testing issues we'll come back to but the physical signs that's also associated with cobalt deficiency. Um, it's known to have a couple on farms that have it. Yeah, so I think, um, by and large, it, we, we have signs for a lot of the, the mineral deficiencies. Okay, so for your iodines and your seleniums and things like that, you generally see poor reproductive performance in the oils. Um, you know, for your, for your copper, the one we see with copper is in sheep very often is too much copper and we see dead sheep or copper poisoning. Um, so that's the important one to avoid. Um, but where we have a copper deficiency, we see lambs with sway back, um, you know, or again, maybe poor reproductive performance in the oils. Um, so those are very easy to, 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 to identify. Um, with, the, with the cobalt, um, what we see is ill drift. So it's, 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 and the degree of the ill drift will be decided by how deficient they are. So, you know, mild forms of copper deficiency, we'll see little scabby ears, dried out ears, and maybe, you know, it goes on a little bit, you'll see lambs that are, you know, really poor thrivers and have dried out wool, all the way to the case of, you know, severe cobalt deficiency, where we see lambs that have what we term as pine. And these are lambs that are basically pining they're going backwards, um, actually losing weight and really sick and soaked up and dry wool and, and the ears are all scabs and, and, you know, they look very ill, like, you know, and that's severe cobalt or vitamin B deficiency at that stage, you know, and um, we need to really go in there very, very quickly with lots of vitamin B12 uh, injections to get them going and then start supplementing with cobalt to, to, to reverse that in, in, in that situation. I suppose the, the, the other thing is because there's lots of different products out there and when farmers go and look at 
at mineral supplements. Kieran, there is such a myriad of, of products. There's oral products, there's drenches, there's products that you can put into the water, there's boluses, there's mineralic buckets, there's, you know, feed additives, little granules that you mix in with the meal. You know, uh, a lot of the compounders are putting a mineral mix into the, 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 the concentrate feed as well. So there's already some, some mineral um, mixes going in there. And, and it's, it, 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 it can be confusing for farmers to say, okay, which is better? You know, is the dose better than the, the bolus? Do I go for a, a, a six-week bolus? Do I go for a three-month bolus? Do I go for a 12-month bolus? You know, is there a difference between the bolus and 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 you know do i need it at all um you know might be a question um you know do i just go with a simple one one off product or do i go with a product that has lots of different minerals and vitamins included in it and which is better and and the other thing is some of these products are quite expensive you know so we could be putting a product into a sheep that is costing maybe a euro um you know into a lamb that might be worth 60 or 70 euros if it's a store lamb or into a lamb that's worth you know 90 to 105 or 10 euros depending on what time it's being killed and what the prevailing lamb prices are um so you know it's a relatively uh, high cost input into it and i suppose what we're saying to people uh, here and here is look at if you don't have any evidence if you haven't the laboratory evidence and you haven't seen these really uh, significant signs of of ill thrift uh, and you're wondering, um, you know, is this a good idea? I've been doing this every year. I'm spending three or 400 euros here on mineral supplements every year. Do I need them? Uh, you know, a really useful way of, of looking at this is bring in your sheep and put them through the race and treat every second sheep. Treat every second sheep with the product and do your own on-farm trial. Okay, this is not something you're going to be writing up in a scientific paper. What you're looking for really is, do I get a performance benefit from this product? Okay, so I have lambs here. I'm after weaning them. And I think, okay, they would benefit from a, a, a drench or a bolus or some mineral supplement. And I bring them into to them, a handling unit and I run them through the race and I treat every second animal. And the ones that I treat, I put a red dot on their back and the ones I don't treat I put a blue dot on their back you know and see do the ones that have been treated perform better take the weights of 20 lambs that have been treated and 20 that don't and see what your weight gains are over a long a longer period of time see do you get a benefit from it now if you're doing this it's very important that you treat every second sheep don't treat the first 50 sheep or 60 sheep out of the race with the product and then leave the last 50 or 60 untreated because generally what you'll find is when you bring a bunch of sheep into the yard the ones that are coming out the race first are the really you know healthy happy you know enthusiastic active sheep that are going to be kind of looking to get out of there the ones that are hanging back are the ones that are lame or a little bit under the weather, the poor drivers, the smaller ones that are afraid of being bullied in with the big bunch and, and, and that type of thing. So it's, it's important that when we're doing this, we do every second sheep. And rather than just them looking better, you know, say, oh, they had better fleeces or they looked a bit brighter in their eyes or whatever, we really need to be getting a performance benefit, extra weight gain, you know, something that is going to pay back the investment that we have put into them in terms of the, 
the cost of the product that we've purchased to give them, and also the time, the cost of our time in terms of, of, of having to, 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 to either dose them or bolus them or put the stuff into the water truck or whatever system we're using. We need, we need to be paid for that as well. So there needs to be a benefit over and above just the cost of giving the, the, the product. If the benefit is just the cost of giving the product, you haven't had any benefit. So it's, um, it's, it's about taking some of the guesswork out of it. And if you are going to do that again, it needs to be a random, it needs to be representative. Absolutely. Absolutely. And every second sheep coming out the race is, is, is probably the best way of doing it. And then, you know, weigh a batch and, and measure the performance, measure the performance. You know, if your lambs are doing 180 grams a day, you know, maybe the ones that are getting the bolus should be doing 220 or 230, you know, do a sum on it, work it out, see is it paying you for the cost of the, of the, 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 the investment that you put in, in terms of time and, and money. Michael, it's a complicated area. There's a myriad of different things in it, but I think probably your last comment on that is probably the one to focus on most of farmers. You need to get a performance benefit, and the animal in some aspects will determine whether it's working or not on the individual farm. Obviously, there are other things like stage of the year and other things will kick into it too, so there are other important considerations, but it's a useful, it seems like a very useful practical means for farmers to actually look at it a bit more detail. I'm spending my money and my time and my effort while on this. Absolutely. Because look at it, you know, it's a low margin uh, business, uh, dry stock, you know, and we need to be getting bang for every, every buck we spend. You know, we need to make sure that every euro that's going in there, that it, 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 we're, we're getting payback from it. Like, okay. And, and the other thing, I suppose, look at if somebody is, is um, talking to you about a particular product and is, is extolling the virtues of it, look for some evidence. You know, I mean, um, you know, there's lots of products out there and people are saying, yeah, you, these are great products and, and, you know, Johnny down the road used it and he never had as good a cattle as he had this year. Um, but where's the evidence? You know, have we some, some, has somebody measured the performance benefit? And, and really, I think we need to get to that stage um, because generally if somebody spends a lot of money on a product, They'd like to think that it's going to give them a benefit and it's going to work. And I think we need to get there. And and look at there are farms out there, Kieran, that have genuine you know deficiencies and need supplementation. And it is important that those those products are there for those people. But I think there are also a lot of farms that use a lot of products. Um, and you know if we look back at the survey, sixty five percent of them are doing it based on, you know, tradition or, or, you know, somebody sold them a product or extolled the virtues of a product, but not based on any kind of factual uh, evidence. They don't know whether they're getting a benefit. They haven't seen it. By and large, when farmers are treating their animals, they treat all of the animals. They don't leave an untreated control group to compare the performance of the animals that haven't place. been treated, you know. It's as good a place to finish up as any. Don't be afraid to put these products to the test and see what works for your own farm. Michael, thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome, Kieran. Not to focus on in that episode, the whole area of mineral supplementation is quite complicated and there's a lot of complexities considering it. One key thing from Michael's discussion was that we actually need to see a performance benefit for our time and effort when we're supplementing. I think he's made some useful references to how you might go about doing that. Again, it's always useful to know do you need it or don't you, and are you getting a response to any supplementation you're putting in. That's it for me for this episode. Again, for any updates on the Sheep Programme, keep an eye on our Twitter page at Chocolate Sheep. I'm Kieran Lynch. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in to future episodes.